We're always best natural. We don't rehearse this. We just come into it. Uh, wonders. That's what we do. It's like RPG. Sometimes you just get a dice roll and you got to roll with it. And I think that's why this, this podcast works so well. All right. Hey, I'm Michael Dismuke. I, of course, am a freelancer, uh, freelancer for Star Trek Adventures RPG, in addition to being a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And today we have an amazing cast as we keep digging down to lower decks. We're going to be finalizing uh, the chapters today. Uh, this is chapter eight and nine we're discussing today. And Jim Johnson, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then uh, introduce our fantastic uh cavalcade is that a word cavalcade's a word right That's isn't word. it yeah word. cavalcade of guests let's go with that i haven't used yeah. that in a long time yeah for sure thanks michael <laughs> uh, i'm jim johnson i'm the project manager and line editor for the star trek adventures rpg published by modifius entertainment low these many years co-host on this year's show with michael uh low uh, 80 plus episodes and getting stronger every time so uh, we're just rolling right along here the machine will not stop until uh, higher powers that be tell us to. So <laughs> we'll just keep going. Uh, so uh, here with uh, uh, an illustrious cast of characters, uh, we'll be talking all about Lower Decks, more Lower Decks, Lower Decks, Lower Decks, Lower Decks, more, more, more tonight. And uh, I'll just uh, kick it off uh, right around the circle here. Uh, Chris, introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, um, my name's Chris McCarver. I'm one of the uh, writers for Star Trek Adventures. Uh, in addition to the Lower Decks uh, campaign guide, I also worked on the season one and two crew packs. Also the Disc Disco book, the uh, Klingon Core book, Operations Division, and uh, the Sleeping Beast, which came and packed in with the Klingon GM kit. Word, yeah, great those stuff. Are, people who want to know Chris more, we have a fantastic interview we did with him a couple weeks back. It's worth listening to. Yeah, go learn more about all the other cool stuff that he does that's not Star Trek, because it's uh, <laughs> really, really cool stuff. Uh, Marvel, especially. I, man, I was, anyway, I, I, could, I could digress. Let's go. Let's move on. Uh, Aaron, tell us about yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Aaron Pallier. You know me. Uh, I've been on many of these. I am a longtime freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures. Uh, I've been around as long as Jim, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm generally your technology, science, starships guy. So yeah, I've I've worked a lot on the lower decks products. I'm yeah. happy to be here. <laughs> his, his fingerprint is everywhere on everything. I mean, from from day one, the core book, all the stuff has Aaron's uh, has Aaron's touch in it somewhere. So happy to happy to share pretty much every every credits page with you. So it's uh, exciting stuff. Uh, and uh, Al, bring us home. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How's it going? Al Spader, uh, freelance writer for um, Modifia's Star Trek Adventures, uh, along with several other uh, fun RPGs. I've uh, written a few missions for Esper Genesis and Stargate and things like that. So excited to be here to talk about Lower Decks. Yes, indeed. All right. So I think tonight, uh, I see Michael is still on mute. So I think we're going to. No, I'm, I, I'm fine. I was, oh, I, was, okay. I was waiting to see. I was waiting for Al to plug his D20 game because I think it, this is a great opportunity to do it. We want to oh, push. 2D20, not D20. 2D20. Thank you. 2D20. Very 2D20. Thank Very you. Al, plug it. You get a uh, chance. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, co-writer of the um, 
2d20 uh, world builders uh, game uh, sentience uh, where you role play sentient robots uh, on a planet they were terraforming. Um, it was a pleasure to do. Worked with uh, Alvin Seib, um, who I met uh, working here with Modifius. Uh, and yeah, we're almost at 300 downloads. So yeah, uh, i to see. So yeah, always that should just be part of your tagline, just like my little <laughs> continuing missions, continuing conversations. That should just be part of your tagline. I, I do want to say one thing, Jim, which I'm so happy about. I have a friend who's into Star Trek and his eight-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, yeah, nine-year-old, maybe ten-year-old, like I think a nine-year-old son walks up to me yesterday and says, Jim Johnson. <laughs> 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 he's been listening he's been listening to the podcast i'm like you're nine years old i said do you like it he's like yeah i like it a lot i'm like wow i'm so happy he says yeah i started at number one you have a lot i'm like good oh my god that's hilarious oh you know every every uh every show needs a catchphrase right i didn't expect it to be that one but whatever <laughs> it is cool. no it's cool yeah. it's cool that it's cool that he's listening hopefully he's into the game too um uh, yeah more. i'll have to t- I, I i i uh well, let's see. No spoilers. I hope one day to adapt the game for people his age. That would be cool. I would love to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, not to mention the fact that I've got a seven-year-old, and I know uh, I know Al's got twins. So I think there's a there's a very strong community within within the STA uh, community of, of writers and developers and whatnot that we would love to adapt it for kids. But uh, there are there are numerous challenges with that that we won't enumerate in this episode. But at some point, we can talk yeah. about that. But uh, numerous challenges to overcome not the least of which is paramount has to give us the license right so we got to wait for that if nothing else but uh, then that would be so prodigious if they did that prodigious is that is that appropriate Mm, i don't know i have to look at my uh, (laughs) anyway all that being said let's talk about lower decks let's talk about uh the lower decks campaign guide and let's talk about uh chapter eight and chapter nine tonight so i think we can just just jump right into chapter eight so those of you who've been following along the uh the episodes up to now you'll know that we've uh, covered all kinds of cool stuff throughout the book and uh as is our want with our books near the end of the books are usually a a nice meaty chapter all about allies and adversaries all the different npcs creatures things that you can throw at your players uh to uh to challenge them to uh to terrify them to uh have them fight have them interact with whatever whatever you choose to do and uh, this uh, chapter is no, or this uh, this book is no different. We include a, a nice beefy chapter here about allies and adversaries. Uh, as I recall, I think uh, Chris, you wrote the lion's share of this uh, of this chapter. As I recall, I think you and Al and uh, maybe somebody else. I, I don't have a, I don't have all the manuscripts in front of me, but uh, there was there was a lot of NPCs in this book, and because uh, there was a lot of characters in Lower Decks, of course, they, they as I've said before in other episodes. They find ways to pack a lot of stuff into 22 minutes, uh, which is just amazing. And uh, there were so many great like cameos from next gen. And uh, it was like, oh, let's put these characters in here as much as we can. So uh, before we jump into it, um, you know, uh, gang in general, those of you who worked on this chapter, any any initial thoughts about what your assignments were, what, what excited you, what didn't excite you, et cetera. Just uh, some, show us, uh, give us some behind the scenes uh, uh, goodies for the fans to enjoy. For me, it was it was just really just kind of digging into like, you know, just, you know, how strong a, a roster of secondary characters at Lower Decks has 
Um, not just not and you know not just in reintroducing characters from the previous shows, but uh, you know new, newer characters. Um, I was really happy to. I, I mainly worked on the uh, the Federation NPCs for the uh, for that chapter. Um, mostly other, you know, one-off uh, Cerritos crew members, along with other Starfleet officers and Federation personnel that uh, that the Cerritos crew encountered. Um, in, in um, it was it was just it's it, it. I really enjoy just how like how much Lower Decks digs into the very deep into the well in terms of like you know the mythos and like and not only just bringing back. Uh, specific characters from the, the from the previous shows, but also like species we've rarely seen, and um, and uh, I just think it, it's just you know it just, just kind of shows just how like not not you know how vast a tapestry trek is, and and Lower Decks has never shied away from like taking full advantage of that, and the fact that we have so many Federation NPCs in this chapter, I think, is testament to that. Yeah, I think that um, uh, I got to do a lot of the non-Federation uh, characters uh, and and adversaries and whatnot, um, and it, there was just so much. I remember when we were originally doing the initial outline, and it just like character after character after character after character, and um, like in, it was like every episode was introducing like two or three cool NPCs that we could add um, uh, to the book, and uh, I think that. Uh, we didn't hold back. Um, there were some ridiculous ones on there that, um, you know, Jim let us roll with. Uh, and I think that um, we're going to be the better for it. Um, uh, also, it gave us an opportunity with a couple of uh, the species that maybe we weren't able to get into the full life path chapter. We were able to put little sidebars in here of at least some uh, uh, like traits they could have, um, some attributes that they might have. Uh, and so on and so forth. Sort of like what we did with the Romulans and the Klingons in the core rule book. Um, so I was excited to be able to be a part of uh, bringing that in as well. I think it was cool, just an overview. I'm not going to get into the detail of any specific characters yet, but what I thought was cool is, you know, oftentimes people like having starter player sheets to work off of. They love seeing that they saw something on a cartoon or in this in the, on a show, or in this case, a cartoon. And now all of a sudden they have this base character and there's still so much life to be breathed into them. Um, you know, some of them, as we start going through them, will be, will be cool, but some of the uh, more minor NPCs that actually got dropped in here, um, I thought were were pretty phenomenal. I was actually surprised to see them, which which was good, and it gives a good launching place for new players who maybe want to play a lower decks campaign and and you know take off with these characters and not just characters but teams of characters, which I thought was really cool. One of the things I really like reading through um, your section, Chris, uh, is if I didn't know what lower decks was and i was to look at these characters uh, the, it looks very similar to characters from any other uh book that we have like it's not too ridiculous or out there or um you know push the limits of being obnoxiously uh funny there's some cute references in here and whatnot in their little um narrative blurbs but if you look at the actual mm -hmm. focuses and the attributes and things like that it it, it all reads as though it's just a normal STA character. And I, I love that about this, this section. 
Yeah. And I'm curious how that's going to work out too, because we all know Strange New Worlds is spoiling that we're going to see instant Mariner and Boimler mm-hmm. in Strange New Worlds. And I'm wondering if they're going to go comedic route or if they're going to make it a little bit serious. So with that vein, Chris, like what you did here, just giving us the base template for the characters allows us to now see, oh, you could really cross over these characters into more serious Trek, if you want to call it that. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I I think making these characters as serious and then allowing whoever is playing or running them as a game master to put the comedy in is, is a smart move. It really is a smart move because it allows the people that are actually having them at the table to tailor it better to their style of comedy and play. Um, Because, you know, as we've talked about before that, you know, somebody's comedy is somebody's, you know, somebody else's, this isn't funny. So tailoring it that way is a good idea. I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I can't. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. Um, uh, no, I was just going to I was just going to agree with you guys, because I I, um, I always I always kind of like see lower decks as it, it, it is in every in every every respect a Trek show. It does have its comedic moments, but it it is. Ne- I don't think it's ever like, you know, like talked down to the fans or the or the franchise fiction itself. Um, it's always laughed with Star Trek and not at Star Trek. Um, and I think when I was like writing up my bios for the the NPCs, I wanted to make it as fitting with the rest of the of the product range um, with the other bios that I've done and other bios other people have done. Uh, but occasionally, like seed it in with something you know a little you know li- little humorous, but not so much that it would just you know detract. I think this this book in and of itself. I mean. In addition to, I mean, it does. It is an era book for you know the early 20, 2380s as much as it is is a, is a, a lower decks a lower decks source book, and um, I think I think that I I agree with uh, Aaron and Al that that was the that was the correct approach to take. Oh, great to hear that. Thank you guys. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, I think this uh, this chapter can almost be seen. You know, I mean, not to get too meta, but like this is almost a microcosm of the entire line as a whole, right? We try really hard to present a baseline for everything. Sometimes we'll go a little funny, sometimes we'll go a little serious, you know, whatever. But uh, these are all tools for the game master and the players to then go whatever direction they want to go. Like whatever tone you want to set for your campaign, whatever whatever shtick you want to add to it, if you want to go high drama, high comedy, you know, horror, romance, like whatever genre that you want to fold into it, at least this gives everybody a consistent baseline to start with. And then you can add or subtract or, or, or add more things to it as you desire. And, uh, you know, the other design intention that we had going into this is that, and, you know, I mean, really most of our products, uh, most of our uh, print products anyway, is we generally don't include the main characters from the show, right? We don't include, uh, you know, Kirk and Picard and Cisco and uh, Janeway and, and, uh, and the eight main characters from Lower Decks. They are not in this book. And that was entirely intentional because what this book is intended to do is you give it to your group of players and you do your own adventures in lower decks. You're not, you know, necessarily playing Boimler or or Rutherford or whatever. You're playing your own characters in the own setting. And so taking those main characters out of the book hopefully helps the players and the game master focus a little bit and say, oh, we can do our own thing with this. We don't have to emulate, you know, Boimler attendee or whatever. We can actually do our own thing in this, you know, setup. And this chapter I thought does a really good job, uh, you know, Chris and Al of, um, presenting a lot of characters that we see on the show 
but could very easily cameo in somebody else's uh, campaign or episodes or something, right? Because they like they 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 have a one shot appearance, or maybe they have a couple of recurring moments in lower decks, and that's great. And then they go off and do their other things as a crew on Starfleet. And why wouldn't you know? Why not have them meet your crew or meet your ship or encounter your ship? Like Gomez, I mean, clearly from next gen into lower decks, she's she's been promoted to captain. She overcame that initial gaffe with Picard way back in the early days of you know next gen has become a captain. What that's an inspiring story right there in and of itself, right? Um, and I love that you included on page 177. I don't know whose idea it was, but the inset box for Gomez has a coffee cup. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, that that was uh, that was all the graphic designer. Uh, but uh, I mean, that was that was Chris uh, writing that sidebar, which I thought was great. Um, so and you know, like like Fletcher and like some of these other characters um, are not um, like intrinsic to lower decks, right? They they are cameos in lower decks, but they're off doing their own story. And that's exactly what the player characters are doing is you're doing your own story while all this other stuff is happening in the meantime. Right. Uh, yeah. It's so an opportunity for you to like plug these in and do these little cameos and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and I don't want to run by Sonia Gomez too fast. And the reason why is because I want to kind of use this as a teaching moment for game masters or actually players in this case. In if you've seen a Star Trek episode and you like a character, a minor character, you know, that, that for some reason to me, when they show up on your game, because Sonia Gomez actually showed up on the USS Pioneer, our game um, for, for several seasons. She was the assistant chief engineer. Um, so so bringing a character in from a canon thing somehow grounds your game in reality. So I think it's so cool about this is it gives you a chance to kind of think like, okay, maybe I've seen some TV shows, some TNG, some Voyagers. And are there any characters I can actually drag into my game? Like Nick Locarno, where's that guy now? You know, you know, you know from uh, TNG, the one who, you know, got Wesley in trouble, you know, like, like, I thought Sonia Gomez was a great character and now she's so expanded in, in uh, lower decks that for players, Hey, if you want to do that, you can do that. You can model a character you just saw for a couple minutes on a TV show. And it really helps ground your uh, game in reality in your own reality, I should say. So I'm, I'm curious, Chris, uh, um, you wrote up Sonia, uh, you know, Gomez uh, with a lot of great stuff. And, and uh, what I thought was interesting, you know, just to give the fans a little bit of a preview here, is that you gave her an engineering of five. And, and I'm wondering if you were um, at all influenced by the uh, uh, the Starfleet Corps of Engineers series of uh, ebooks that came out over a number of years that uh, Keith the Canada edited. And uh, uh, Gomez was one of the main characters in that entire series. And I was just curious if you had had an opportunity to, to read some of those and kind of uh, incorporate that, that DNA into the description. Uh, well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, not only was uh, I, I tried my best to kind of like keep the nuts and bolts of her beta canon history out of out of her bio, um, but I wanted it. I wanted to at least like maintain like the like like the spirit of the character, especially as we saw her in lower decks. Because I, I, you know, when you see her, you know, when when the um, when when. Her, when her ship basically will just loses power. I mean, she's the first person who's down in the shuttle bay trying to like, you know, piece things together with her crew. I mean, she's not just sitting on the bridge waiting for everybody to do things. She's getting into the guts of the ship to try to fix things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's kind of, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually wrote the uh, chapter in the operations division book on the Corps of Engineers. Uh, so it, weirdly enough, this whole thing came kind of full circle. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I, I, I definitely feel like, you know, she's, 
she's definitely a the type of CEO that is, you know, as much as you know, she, it's it's she realized she has to, has to delegate, but when the time comes and she can put that knowledge that she, she that she has built up, um, you know, in her time in time as an engineer you know, to, to the service of her crew, I think she wouldn't hesitate. And uh, I wanted, I wanted to reflect that in her bio and in her stats. Yeah. That's awesome. This this is just one of the many, many fun ways we we try to sprinkle in a a little bit of beta canon uh, from the novels and the comic books and all that other stuff. This is just great ways to do it is with, uh, with uh, characters, you know, supporting characters, uh, NPCs, major, minor, et cetera. Um, So yeah, great, great job on that. Really nice stuff. Uh, any other uh, thoughts, folks, on the uh, at least the Federation portion of the um, of the uh, of the chapter here? Uh, I, I will, you know, uh, Al mentioned uh, briefly that we did drop in a couple of species. So if you're familiar with the core book, you'll know that there were a handful of species in the back of the book that had like, you know, uh, the, described the trait and talked a little bit about them so that you could play them as playable characters. Like we, we included the um, the attributes and the um, and the trait. And uh, we did that again. Uh, there's uh, there's three more species in this book that kind of get that partial treatment. You know, we don't give you the we don't give you the um, the the talents, the species talents, um, but you could probably infer them by reading the the NPC descriptions, right? And I, I told you all the same thing when we, when the core book came out because everybody wanted to play Romulan, and like all the Romulan stuff you need is right there in the core book. Uh, but you know, they needed the full page. But anyway, I digress. That I've, I've been there before. Uh, but uh, Al, I think I uh, I think I uh, cut you off. So well, I just I just wanted to whether it's whether it's luck or foresight. Um, uh, Chris, uh, we we were able to get uh, Talin in here as a full page entry, uh, and mm. uh, you know, no, mm-hmm. I mean, spoilers, but we know that she uh, is coming on to the Cerados, uh, you know, at the end of the newest season. So I think that that you know we have this featured uh, full splash page. Uh, on Talin and um, like maybe becoming a main character, who knows? Um, but it's it's exciting to see that like we we got it in there and you know we recognize the value in that um, from that cla- that classic episode where we got to see lower decks on other ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I was talking about before with the you have the USS Oakland officers in there. When I saw that, I'd be like, oh, if I had, I mean, first of all, I'm two exits from Oakland here in California, so yeah, Oakland, yeah, area, you know, so so warriors, all that good stuff. But but you know, so to me, that like pulls my heartstrings because I'm like, man, I could take all those characters and take them right into an adventure right away. So if I have a group of players, they've been watching Lower Deck or group of fans of lower decks and i'm like hey we got them right here we got some backstory on them we know about their captain let's roll with these lower deckers i thought that was i didn't expect them to be in the book so i thought that was so cool to have them in here yeah i I thought oh go ahead jim go ahead ahead. go ahead aaron i I was gonna say i really appreciate the kazinti character section right there in in the federation area uh, just because I've always thought the Kazinti were underused, you know, they 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 stem from Larry Nevin. Uh, and they were in the animated series, but I always thought that they were an unused portion of Star Trek, probably just because everyone was a little touchy about using them for a long time. But it's it's a really cool jumping off point for a ton of stories, being that we know that they had these this long history of aggression with just basically everybody in the region. Now, suddenly they're appearing in Starfleet. Why not be a Kazinti character and, and just open up your own lore 
right away that you can fill in with your own stories with that with that kind of character. I think that's kind of cool. I appreciate seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason why we included that in there was to, uh, like Chris was talking about with the beta canon is, you know, trying to separate, you know, what what information we have. And there's really not a lot in true alpha canon fashion. There's a lot of beta canon that has uh, happened around the Kazinti and a lot of people have specific feelings about that. Um, but we at least wanted to get some stat uh, adjustments and some traits in there in case people want to uh, try uh, using them in their game. So that's exciting. Yep, good stuff. Uh, the, uh, I was going to say it's kind of irrelevant at this point, but I'll throw it up there anyway. <laughs> uh, one of the things I really liked about the USS Oakland uh, write-ups, all the different characters, is, uh, um, I mean, A, they're great because they're they're focused on those specific characters. But if uh, if a game master wanted to use them for a different ship, like it's it's just easy peasy to reskin them with a different name. You know, tweak the tweak the value, tweak the focuses a little bit. Um, you you can leave the attributes and dis- disciplines exactly as is, and you know, boom, you've got four new characters that you can just drop right into your game without much hesitation. So you you know, as far as the utility goes, pretty great because uh, they are they are representative of of you know Starfleet at at you know highly competent uh, officers. So uh, don't hesitate to to swap out the names because there's no reason not to. If you uh, if you need need a quick uh, NPC, just drop them right on in there. So uh, have fun with that. All right, cool. So uh, we'll just uh, skim over, not, not to dismiss them, but uh, there's a, there's a few new uh, Klingon characters uh, pulled in from uh, lower decks. We have got a couple of options there um, that you're familiar with, and then we get into the pack leads. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on these unless Michael really wants to, but uh, suffice to say, I, I want to voice one. I want to voice one disagreement with Al, yeah. who did Quimp as a Ferengi mugger. He should have at least been a notable character. I don't think he was minor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I love that character. <laughs> I want to see more Quimp. Actually, he may show up in the Centaurus A galaxy somehow. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so uh, you know, those of you who are familiar with the uh, with lower decks, right? We've got your pack leads, we've got your uh, uh, your clickets, your collectors guild. We got we we dropped in some goodies on the collectors guild. Uh, the Drukmani. Um, uh, what else we got? We got the Galrakians. Uh, we brought them in here, especially Vendor. I, I just love Vendor as a character. He was so much fun to to watch on screen. And uh, what I really appreciate, of course, you guys can't see this because the you don't have the book yet, or actually, you might have the book by the time this episode comes out. Um, you might have the PDF if you pre-ordered. Um, but the uh, the graphic designer Chris, he he found uh, 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 he got an image of uh, Vendor from the uh, from the show, right, and, and and pulled that image in. And so, like, it's a full page spread just for Vendor because it's like it's it's a snap block on one side, and it's just this gigantic picture of Vendor because he's such a big hulking massive uh, uh, Galarakian. And I just I just love that <laughs> I just love that look on the page. It's hilarious. Uh, it's just the fun, the fun, the little fun things that uh, um, get me excited. And then the uh, we got the Hesperians, uh, which uh, if I remember right, that's um, uh, who's the main character? Who's the character? Um, the engineer. Uh, what's yeah, that? Billups. Billups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's Billups. So his mom. He's got that the whole kind of Renfair feel. The um, perverts Aaron, of the galaxy. Yeah. The perverts, <laughs> I mean, Aaron. Aaron really had a lot of fun. Uh, writing up the Motivine, which we talked about in a different episode, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I, I yeah, I, I spent way too much time messing yeah. around, and <laughs> but it was all that for was good fun. laughs. 
good for a lot of fun yeah so so if you're into the into the whole ren fair scene you're going to appreciate some of the stuff in here about the hisparians because uh they, we went i mean lower decks went there and we went there and uh just i hope know. they have dual citizenship opportunities <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, let's just say that there might be like some references to maybe um some other game systems that exist out there in which there might be some fantasy type stuff uh throughout yeah. these entries and i hope that you oh, yeah. all uh you know hone in on them and have fun with them those were those were good references i didn't i don't want to spoil them but boy i, I was reading those and i was like hey wait a minute i had to go grab those books off my shelf and like oh yeah okay i see what you're doing i'll keep it in i'll keep it in <laughs> uh and then we wrap up the chapter uh again chapter uh chapter eight we talk about uh, some of the different uh creatures and uh beasts and things that uh um, that um, were present in lower decks that you can throw at your characters, uh, you know, including uh, Agamus, which I thought was a great episode. I want always, more Agamus. Agamus nice is to, great. Yeah, always nice to see uh, Jeffrey Collins' <laughs> appearance. And, uh, you know, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, no, presumably everybody watching this has already seen all, all the lower decks that are available. So this should not be a spoiler. <laughs> but uh, um, Agamus and Peanut Hamper joining forces is just going to be terrifying like i don't know what that i don't know what's going to happen uh mike mcmahon's going to blow the doors off of that because i just can't wait to see what happens but uh yeah so anyway we got your agamus um uh another uh tng callback from way back to season one we got arma uh armis because of course he made an appearance in the in lower decks and was not happy about it but i think agamus called him right they yeah. called them. Yeah. yeah. And I think Ag- I think Agamus and Peanut Hamper should go pick up Armus and they should free <laughs> for a triad of evil. That would be like, amazing. You know, the, the, they, they're the ones that end up making Nero's ship in the 2009. <laughs> oh my gosh, there you go. Uh makes sense. They're they're responsible for the for the supernova. <laughs> <laughs> in some timeline. One of the many timelines. In one of the many timelines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am excited um, that we also got to include the swarm of eels um, because uh, I think that was the first time we got uh, the swarm ability that I wrote for the um, dungeon master guide, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years back uh, or so, sorry, <laughs> game master. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> uh, Al's thinking about the Hesperians too yeah, much. Think about the Hesperians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the swarm ability, really fun, uh, brutal uh, set of rules that I'm excited to hear people um, how, if they get a chance to use them. Yeah, I hope, and I hope we I hope we see more of it too. Oh, dude, uh, my I, favorite, I, I, my favorite ones in here. Which one's that? Can I can I skip ahead a couple pages? Of course. The dog. The dog. The yeah. dog is the best <laughs> character in all of Lower Decks. Come on, because the dog is a good boy. <laughs> The dog, yeah, the dog, the the spider cows, um, and then uh, and then of course Al, uh, one of the ones that I'm pretty confident you had fun riding was the uh, the the Mugatu. It's Gamato. It's Gamato. The, the 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 many various spellings that we were we managed to get past Paramount. I mean, not get past. <laughs> they they approved most of them. That was so cool. They, they let all the mis okay. well, they're not misspellings. All the different pronunciations in there. Okay, so who did the Mugato? Was that, that you, was Michael? Me. Oh no, that was you out pounding smash as an attack. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. Hey, I don't, uh, yeah, you know. 
I'm, I'm surprised you didn't put any kind of special rule about voyeuristic tendencies. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I let, I leave that to people's imaginations. Yeah. <laughs> Remember baseline where we're like, like game masters can go further with it or scale it back. That's up to them. You turn your own dial for whatever you want to, I forgot the, um, Oh, the Ortega line, the, the whatever, whatever freaks your geek or whatever that phrase was in that one episode. I don't remember. I don't have it. Yeah. That inspired I, just for people, just so you know, when it comes out, I think it'll be out by the time this comes out, but the lowers decks mission briefs that I wrote are full of Magato fun. So have fun with, have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that brings us to the end of uh, chapter eight. So that was, uh, you know, just a lot of great stuff. Big, big chapter full of uh, things for you to use as tools for your, for your campaigns or just to be inspired by. So hopefully that's uh, a lot of fun. Now, did we want to talk about chapter nine in this episode as well? Or are we going to call it here and then go on to a new one? No, let's do chapter nine without too many spoilers, but just get what people's appetites toward what it is. Okay, super cool. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... Uh, two of the writers can be here tonight. Uh, Allison is uh, in the UK, and she is significantly farther ahead of us in time. And uh, not surprisingly, they <laughs> they don't want to be up at two in the morning doing an interview or an art or you know a recording like this, which I you know I totally get. And then uh, you know Fred uh, broke part of this too, and uh, Fred Love uh, was unavailable as well. So uh, thanks to both of them and to Al for this. So chapter nine is the mini campaign. Uh, we've been trying to do like uh, three connected um, adventures in these uh, campaign guides that can be played in order, don't have to be played in order, but are all thematically connected to the to the main point of the book. So these are all Lower Decks-inspired adventures, all intended to be played by uh, Lower Decks characters. So hopefully your crew is full of uh, ensigns and Lieutenant JGs, maybe even some cadets. Um, and... Uh, um, I think it's also cool, it's actually... Following the course of Lower Decks, it's a second contact mission. Isn't that right, Al? Yeah. So when we were talking about uh, do we want an overarching campaign or how can we make it feel more uh, Lower Decks-ish, um, we determined that if we just did uh, three second contact missions, that it would feel much more in line um, with uh, the show uh, and give us a way to touch on second contacts um, from a couple of different angles. Excuse me. Uh, and without uh, spoiling anything, I, I won't go into a whole lot of detail. But uh, uh, first, up, the first part of the or the first part of the mini campaign uh, was written by Fred Love, and uh, I, I'm confident he had a lot of fun working on it because he always does a great job on these um, about it. And then um, Al, I believe you wrote the second one, right? Uh, second, uh, uh, no, 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 um, third one. Allison wrote the second one, Game Night, which I think is hilarious. Uh, not to not to go into a lot of detail, but but game night, uh, we were developing the manuscript while season three came on, and there's an episode in season three, very early in season three, in fact, where the the four main characters are uh, are playing um, a Klingon version of uh, <laughs> a Klingon RPG with uh, with Martok as the uh, the 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 you know recorded uh, narrator, game master, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and and then, you know, Allison delivered this manuscript and I was like, oh, shoot, people are going to think we ripped off a lower deck. <laughs> it was completely unintentional because we had already pretty much had this in the can by the time that episode came out. 
so um, if you're- That's cool. Our- it shows yeah. we're just all in the same sinking, all the same energy. That's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you're into RPGs, which, you know, if you're not, why are you here? But welcome anyway. Um, uh, if you're into RPGs, particularly certain fantasy RPGs, you'll get a lot of kick out of this uh, particular portion of the uh, of the episode. A lot of fun stuff in here. So uh, just- I have a uh, question. Yeah. There are three art posters in chapter nine, kind of like um, almost like uh, recruitment posters for Starfleet. Are those distinct to this publication? And how can I get three of those poster size for my office? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They are not unique to this publication. They are uh, some of the assets we were able to make make use of from Paramount. Uh, If you if you dig um i mean or if you if you look around uh season one of lower decks there was a lot of promotional material for the uh for the series that was created and these posters happen to be um among those that were created and we had the opportunity to uh to add them and we needed um a little bit more art for the uh for the rest of the book and so we figured why not we we have access to them they're they are e. So why not uh, make use of the ones that we have available to us? So we just we just dropped them right in. Um, I will admit that we had um, a little bit of a time crunch near the end of this book as far as um, artwork commissions, et cetera. So we couldn't quite get all the commissions in that we wanted to. I was really kind of bummed about that. But I mean, that's just the way the production schedules go. Sometimes uh, we tried to pack in as much as we could. But uh, we I mean, part, partly we ran out of time to get everything we wanted to get into the book. Um, but so we so we so we use those um, not not so much to say to fill space, but I thought they were great. And, um, you know, Ariel and I talked about it and uh, we decided to um, include them in there. So as far as whether you can get them poster size, um, I'll have to talk to you offline because I, I might be able to find a high res version on the Paramount portal, but I'm not real sure. I'm not sure what, what sizes are available. You probably have to take them to a printer if they're willing to print stuff that's copyrighted. Like I know some printers won't do that, um, but if you have resources, maybe you can make it happen. Yeah, I would love that. They're just really clean, classic looking posters, which is really cool. I don't want to pass up either without too many spoilers. For all of those who love Voyager, one of the stories here has the Praelor builder type assault ship. If you're a Voyager fan, you'll know what I'm talking about. But this, I believe, is our first in in the STA books. Any reference to the Praelor stats for them? Isn't that right? I think so. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and and like as so when I sat down to write um, the second contact, of course, you know, I spent some time creating a new little species um, for uh, people to play with, which I think that uh, people are going to have a lot of fun with. Um, but I always thought that that episode of Voyager was one that was just never followed up on. And I thought it was such a cool and powerful and like really emotional um, episode. Um, and so this might be a continuation of that. Yeah, I, mean, I honestly, I, that's one of my favorite episodes. I will be watching it again tonight because of mm-hmm. this really inspired me. I was like, oh yeah. And I mean, like you said, that that story dropped off and that could have been a science fiction movie, much less just a 44 minute episode. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, and, and we only kind of got to see it from one side of the war. Um, and so second prototype might take us to the other side of the war. Yeah. You you know, just to geek out like we usually do. The only one that kind of continued the story was actually an episode of the Orville in season three. They had a very similar t- 
type of and i was like "Ooh, that's where it could have really gone if they took it there so if anybody does want to um an imaginative part two to that you can watch the orville season three episode with with whatever that robot guy's name i can't remember the character but um they really took the idea to the next level and so my my the invitation to all of you is take your game to the next level and let's see you do that second contact mission. Um, and this is a good, good story for it. And I, I was also able to build in um, uh, the using the fatigue system again um, from the game master guide um, that uh, Nathan put in there um, because it takes place on a, an ice planet and traversing across an ice planet is exhausting and wears you down. So um I, I'm excited to see where people go with this and, and if they can have uh, some fun and what stories come out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wait, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, Al, you game tested this on us, huh? I sure did. I just realized that. <laughs> I didn't even realize you never said pray, Lord. You never said pray, Lord, but you created a story like this. The minute you said ice play, I was like, that was a horrible, horrible trek through the ice. So, oh man, you just gave me a horrible flashback. Thank you. It was a great game. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had no idea that I was playtesting this with you guys. Uh, no idea, but it was, but I'll tell everyone it was a fantastically fun story. So uh, have have fun with your uh, play on it. And Aaron, you were playing your character's wife in the story. In fact, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different parts. Yeah. That was great. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> so that brings, uh, that, that covers chapter nine as well. So uh, Michael, I think we're uh, ready to wrap up and uh, talk about, uh, <clears throat> any final thoughts on the on the book and the contributions for uh, eight and nine and then uh if nothing else uh, we can jump into uh, gratitude so any vote anyone uh last words on uh chapters eight and nine of the lower decks campaign guide i think it's a wonderful variety of characters and types of characters uh good job for everybody that that wrote it mm-hmm. yeah Alperson. and, and you'll, oh sorry chris go ahead but no, 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 please feel free. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say like the abilities and things that we added in here. Um, don't, don't forget. They just, they don't just have to be attached to these characters or these specific entries, right? If you're a GM and you are building a, a, a threat or, um, you know, an, an adversary, feel free to take some of these new created abilities and add them to those uh, characters to make them more rich. And, and, as far as far as you know, um, I just think that if um, it's like it's it's always best to keep an open open mind about uh, about any entry in in the Star Trek universe. Um, as I said before, these characters are as um, great great in addition to any story and you know just because just because it's there they came from a place of comedy doesn't mean that they can't you know grow into a more dramatic way a comedic campaign i mean that's what this whole book is about it's like you know playing with different of of gameplay i mean if you've ever if you've if you've if you've played tabletop role-playing games for any length of time in your life everything veers into the into what i refer to as the beer and pretzels uh, um, uh, where everything just goes completely silly. And if you've never played a game where like somebody says or does something that just sends the whole table into laughter, I mean, it, it's, I, th- I think it's, it's, it, it just, please just embrace um, 
different styles and different approaches to the fiction. Um, because I, I think what we've got here is um, is something that fits it fits in with the rest of the was fits into the rest of the product range just as well as the discovery book um or the Klingon core book it's it's all a big tapestry and it's all it's all useful yeah. and i'll say as we saw in tng voyager and we're getting a little smattering in strange new worlds it's it's a cool thing to have to run at least one episode or one campaign of lower decks characters and now we have three mini campaigns here that are specifically tailored to that so um you really get to know your ship really well when you see it from the vantage point of the lower deckers. We've done it on our game, which is five years in. We've done it several times, actually, where we don't have the senior officers as the starring characters. And those are some of the best, most fun games. Um, so so this book is really giving you a lot of uh, uh, meat to chew on in regards to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And so this is the, uh, I guess this is the final episode of Lower Decks in terms of... Uh, talking about the components of the book. We may do some more, uh, going into more detail. Maybe we'll do some riffs on some of the different chapters and some of the different paragraphs within the chapters. I'm sure we could, we could spend several episodes just riffing off all the different stuff in here about what to do with it. So uh, hopefully you guys, I, I mean, you, you folks that have been watching this uh, patiently for the last several weeks uh, have enjoyed this. I hope you've gotten a good look at the, uh, at least gotten some insight into the book and might inspire you to go check out the pre-order. Uh, go get yourself a pre-order, go get yourself a print copy. Uh, if you're a Gen Con, uh, as of right now, we're still expecting the books to be a Gen Con. So, uh, you know, knock on wood that uh, the distribution is um, is favorable and that the the big boat from UK catches uh, fair winds and uh, following seas and makes it to America just in time so that everything works out. Uh, but we'll see, you know, we can't control everything, but we can do the best we can. So, uh, and, and I'm trying to get to Gen Con. I'm, I haven't decided yet for sure if I'm going or not. I'm late in the game and I know the hotel prices have been skyrocketing. But if I get there and you're there, any of out there with the book, I want to sign them, but I want you signing mine also. So that's the big thing. Please, if I'm there, find me and I'll shout it out somehow on social media that I'm there. And I want everyone's signature in my book. So look for me, please. Awesome. And, then, right. and I'm sure that all of us that are going to be there will be probably hanging out next to each other anyway. So we'll all be able to sign each other's books and 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 high five each other and high five our fans. Mm. And I'll be madly jealous because I won't be there this year. I'm hoping to be I'm hoping to be there next year, but uh, mm -hmm. um, I may just have to mail my book around to the uh, anyway, just have to do a round robin, mail my book around and get everybody to sign it and send it back. Get, get it to me and I'll make sure everyone signs it for you. I'll just make oh, sure to get, get into the, if, if I get there, I'll let you know. I'll, 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 I'll decide within the next couple of weeks. All right. Awesome. Um, Michael, you want to kick us off with some uh, some gratitude? Yeah. So, of course, I want to really give a big shout out again to someone who's behind the scenes, but is the power behind um, continuing conversations. And that's Jeff Harvey for Studio Timbo. I mean, he does all the editing on this and, and he is a student and a first frontline worker and runs a game shop and does podcasts. I don't know how Jeff Harvey does it. So I got to give a big shout out to him. Um, that's my thank you and gratitude this week. Uh, right. Let's send it over to Al. Uh, I just want to say thank you to um, all the new players who are getting out and engaging on social media. Um, every week, the unofficial Facebook group gets like between 10 and 20 new players. Um, and that's how we grow the game, right? Just if we can add, you know, 10 or 12 more people to the community every week, I say that, you know, that shows good 
positive game growth. So all of you that have tried the game and you're getting out there and interacting and asking questions on social media, there are no dumb questions when it comes to this game. And um, I think you'll find that the community is so open and willing to talk about rules and ideas and things like that. Um, you know, just get out there and engage. Aaron, how about you? What's your, what's your gratitude for tonight? I'm, I'm grateful for, for all the real life lower deckers that I've met. Um, the, the enlisted people of the U S Navy and, 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 and Marines that I have, I, I have spoken with over the years and in, including during while I was writing this book, just to get some interesting ideas about some shenanigans that they may have been up to while in the service and serving in the lower decks. Um, thank you all for your service, not just in the US, but I've talked to people in the, from the UK, even Australia, uh, and even 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 uh, Russia, believe it or not. Uh, that was before the war. Uh, but thank you. Like the, I, I got some great ideas. I appreciate all the help. That's it. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, Chris, what's your what's your gratitude for tonight? Uh, uh, tonight, I'd like to. Uh, it was something I should. I I I kind of kicked myself for not mentioning on my previous appearance, but uh, I want to give a uh, big thanks to the people who uh, got my my writing career started, and probably my my uh, career with Star Trek Adventures probably wouldn't have uh, started without them. And that's my. Uh, colleagues on the Marvel Universe Handbook team, uh, specifically uh, Mike, uh, Mike Ficarra, Jeff Christensen, my, uh, my brother from another mother, Mike O'Sullivan, uh, Jacob Stewart, uh, Roger, um, Luke, Carl. I mean, they're, they're just an amazing group of people. They, um, they, uh, they love Marvel. They love, they, love what we, they love what they do, and I love what I do. And um, they've been very welcoming as much as Modiphius and all of you guys have been welcoming to me. And, uh, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here. So Marvel, Marvel handbook team comes up. Make nice. my Marvel. Make my Marvel. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, for me, uh, gratitude, I have two gratitudes for tonight. Uh, uh interestingly, uh, kind of similar to Chris, um, I want to thank, uh, Jason Dural. Uh, Jason Dural is a uh, is a RPG writer, developer, designer. He's been in the industry for a long time now, twenty plus years. And uh, I met him when we were both playtest coordinators and freelance writers on the Decipher Lord of the Rings RPG way back in early two thousands when uh, Decipher had the license. And uh, we maintained uh, you know contact over the years. And uh, he continued to go from game to game to game and worked on a lot of great stuff and uh, established a really solid track record as a reliable awesome designer of RPGs. Um, I dabbled a bit. I didn't, I didn't stay hardcore in the industry because I'm, I'm admittedly really picky. <laughs> there was only so many things I really wanted to work on. And there was a lot of stuff I, I tried to work on, but I just wasn't passionate about it. Um, but uh, one day Jason uh, just uh, sent me a, a, an email and said, uh, Hey, I'm working with Modiphius on this Conan game. And uh, they're really cool. And uh, oh, by the way, they got a new license that I can't tell you about. But I really think you should send your resume over to uh, to uh, to uh, uh, Chris Birch, and um, and then he you know he signed off saying you know live long and prosper, and so that kind of gave me a little little bit of a hint about what was going on. But uh, if, if I hadn't maintained that relationship with Jason uh, for twenty odd years, uh, this never would have happened. I, I could not have possibly imagined uh, working on this for seven years, going on eight now. Uh, so thank you so much to Jason for thinking of me. 
Uh, I don't think I would have heard about it otherwise uh, unless uh, until after the fact, like after the playtest started or something. And I would have been behind the curve, but uh, grateful to Jason for remembering me and for, uh, you know, doing his part to keep that professional relationship going. Because, of course, every relationship takes at least two. Right. So um, I'm grateful for, for him. And then uh, finally, um, very important, uh, grateful to all the fans. Uh, we uh, Al mentioned all the new fans that are coming into the uh, unofficial Facebook group, uh, but I see them on Reddit. I see them on the Discord. I see them on this, uh, even some new fans uh, showing up from time to time on the official uh, Medifius forums, even though those are almost all but deprecated at this point. They're still living. They're still ticking along. There's a small, hardcore group of people that are still on the forum. It's so 1996. I know, <laughs> I know but they're, they're hanging on, and they're like, they're defiant. They don't want to go to Twitter. They don't want to go to Discord. They don't want to go to other venues, but they're still there. Anyway, I, I pop in every now and then just to say hi. Uh, and answer questions but the grateful to the fans all of you uh we could not be doing this game without you it is such such a testament that this game is so strong right now because of the fan base because you are so supportive of each other you help the newbies coming in you're willing to answer the same questions over and over and over ad infinitum uh there are some great videos out there about like what books should you buy next what books are the most important books to buy in the game line i think uh, uh bill barbado the final frontiersman they do some great videos on um on on just the game line and things that you should be thinking about as a new player uh just there's such a such a wealth of fan knowledge and content out there that they're really making use of so you know go to the go to the unofficial facebook group go to the discord uh all the the subreddit etc there's just a lot of great fans out there helping each other out and uh, i can't possibly thank you enough for that because you know again without you we couldn't do this yeah, but can we pause for with that yeah. said, can we pause for a second to celebrate? Because this is our first recording. I know it's going to come out a couple weeks later, but this is our first recording since we got an award. Talk about it, Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. OK, so sure. Yeah. So the um, uh, UK UK Games Expo, UKGE, is uh, is a major, um, major convention in the UK. Um, I am not going to presume and say it's like the uk version of gen con because i don't i just don't know enough about the uk games i'm going to say that for my own ego yeah okay (laughs) very fair Uh, i think it's a very big deal in the uk and so every year they they have um a series of uh awards in different product categories and uh, they have the judges uh, select uh you know or or work to select three three nominations for each category and then the judges have a judge's choice award for each category and then at the convention, which is in June, uh, the uh, the uh, the fan attendees uh, vote as well on each category. So there's a there's a fan award and then there's a judge's choice award. And uh, we uh, we learned uh, last week that the uh, Utopia Planitia Starfleet Sourcebook uh, uh, original series uh, edition uh, cover, which uh, Al is uh, showing off right here, the uh, the white cover with the blue foil uh, Enterprise on the front cover, that won the uh, the top honors for the. Uh, Best role-playing supplement category, I believe. Yep. Uh, so yep. that's a huge honor. Uh, we're super excited. And uh, yeah, and there's the standard cover. Chris is showing that one off. Um, you may not see it because he's not saying anything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, if you're not on the video, because we're not oh. on the video at the same time. Go ahead, say something. Oh, yeah. Here, here it is. There you go. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so it was super exciting that the uh, that the original series uh, cover 
won that award. Uh, of course, I mean, it's the book itself that won, but that, that was my favorite cover too. So that actually made me super happy because that's my fave cover. I have to admit, as, as much of a as much of a next gen stan that I am, I think the I think the blue on the white just really pops a Clean. little more, a little bit more than the silver on the dark blue next gen. I think uh, I think the original series cover is just a little. A little, a little extra. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little more visible. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Right. On my shelf, it stands out. It just stands out. Yeah, yeah. So, but so, congratulations, Jim, because um, you know you lead the team on that, and um, I mean, you pull Thomas Maroney in from Star Trek Online to work on that game. Of course, Aaron Paulier, our shipmaster. I know myself and Al worked on you know that 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 book too. So, I mean, I can honestly say to have something an award, you know, for a team award like that, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. So big thank you to you for inviting us, all of us to write in any form or fashion on these books. Cause I mean, it just looks so good on my resume, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I have to, I have to admit, I had a moment after, after we got the award announcement, uh, I was, I was, uh, I had, I had half an hour between, between meetings and I just gave myself the time to reflect and realize that for all the awards, that Star Trek Adventures has been nominated for and won over the seven years. Uh, this is the first one I can kind of call not, not so much my own, because obviously there was a team that was behind it. Uh, but this is the first time that one of the products that I was really responsible for from from cradle to well, not to say cradle to the grave, but from uh, from beginning to completion, uh, it was was largely on my shoulders. And uh, I was just kind of excited about that. Um, but again, it's it's a t- total team effort here that nobody takes credit for this stuff by themselves because it, you can't. There's just too many people involved. Yeah, you know, we're gonna have to have an episode about it because I could actually gush because I think about even going back. I could go back to when you were just selecting the covers yeah. and you kind of were running it by us. And, and and it was a it was a hotbed like discussion, like, well, what works, what doesn't? And the fact that that was a big discussion point, that blueprint look to it, which is reminiscent back to the 1970. I, mean, I have my 1975 blueprints um, thing that that's just so cool that those little details, people don't always, you know, know the work that goes into those details. And then we had the episode with Lee Woozy for graphic design, talking about the interior design and how thoughtful it was. Things I missed if he had to come on the show and talk about all the Easter eggs. Like, it's nice that there's people out there who notice the details and yes. that, that you, uh, you know, roll in it for a while, do a Scrooge McDuck and just swim through it for a while. <laughs> I, it's, it's so uncharacteristic. Uh, yeah, if we do that episode at some point, I'll have to see if Stephanie's willing to come on to talk about it a little bit. As Stephanie, uh, uh, Toro is the is the graphic designer who designed those two covers, and uh, and, and we went back and forth. I mean, I know I know we collectively talked about it um, on on private chat, you know, as we were going through the cover designs. But but she and me and uh, uh, Ariel, our 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 art director, we spent a lot of time going through those covers and coming up with ideas and concepts and just how do we make this interesting, and unique. And uh, I wonder if she'd be willing to come on an episode and talk to us. I'll have to ask. And I have one, and I have one last idea for that episode too. I think we should do it. I think we should also see if we can get some of the judges and some of the fans. If the, if it wins, the fans voted too. track them down and have a couple of those come on and talk about why I would love to hear that. That seems so self-serving though. <laughs> I, you know what? But you know, this is why, this, this is why I'm going to do it. And all of you out there, judge me, send yeah. me whatever you want. This is why I'm doing this yeah. because you know, not all of us can go on and become J.J. Abrams. 
You know, some of us, this is our, we put for a lot into this and then it flies by really quick. And for me, you know, I, I've all my life wanted to write for something and I get to write a little small piece of the Star Trek beta canon universe. And, and I, I want to bathe it in a little bit. I do. I want to hear what people like so I can keep doing it too. So Jim, that's why I think the spotlight should be on. There's a time to be modest. I agree with modesty and humility, but there's a time to celebrate. And I think it's an achievement and I want to, I want to hear about it. I want to gush a little bit for you. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, I think on that note, I think we can call it a night here. So uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. I appreciate you all as uh, as guests, as always. Uh, Thank you for your perspectives and for your good uh, for your friendship and for all your great writing, especially because uh, uh, it's just great. That's why I keep coming back to you over and over again, because you all do great work. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, uh, live long and prosper. Be safe. I.D.I.C. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you all next time.